Jersey is the world. Gethard here and welcome to another episode of New Jersey is the world, your weekly celebration of all things New Jersey. What a joy, what an absolute joy to be out on the roads meeting everybody on a personal level. I want to say thanks to everybody who came out to my Camden County show with the great Nick Fierro and Justin Williams as we performed in a brewery in Haddon Heights. It was one of the Haddons. There's many Haddons. It was Haddon Heights. And uh, it was a great show, even though there was not a stage and there were two sets of audience members separated by a hole in the wall. And we had a great time. And it was weird. And if you're looking to see me as part of that tour, I'm so sorry to tell you that uh, Hillsboro sold out. Ocean Grove sold out, but we still have some tickets left November 12th in Mount Holly. That one's very close to sold out. November 18th in Turnersville. November 25th in Woodstown. And we're still looking to nail down a venue in Cumberland County, which is the perfect way for this tour to end. We did a show in South Hackettstown. Hackensack. What am I talking about? Hackett, South Hackettstown. They're all blending together. I did a show in Hackettstown. And then I did a show in South Hackensack. I knew as I was saying that, that it was incorrect. The show in South Hackensack was truly insane. Everyone who was there can vouch for me. Um, it was on a block where it appeared that no good could happen. But then we had a really great show. And there were uh, bongs on the bar. So there were people smoking weed in the room, which I don't have a problem with, but I did. I do think it got to me a little bit. I did by far the most insane crowd work of the tour at that South Hackensack show out in Bergen County where I said something along the lines of Bergen County millionaires are real millionaires. Morris County millionaires are fake because they move out to Morris County to have lower taxes and real millionaires don't do that. In Bergen County, they throw poor people into the Hudson River, and that's what Bergen County millionaires call Bergen bobbing for apples. And then I started giggling and was like, I think I think that all the weed smoke in this room might be getting to me. So this tour has been fun is the point. And thank you all to everybody who's been coming out, and thanks to all the comedians supporting the tour. And I'll tell you what, I ate at White Mana out in Bergen County. I ate at Pizza Crime down in Camden County. And eating at iconic Jersey spots has been one of the great, great joys of this tour. Other things happening in Jersey. want to give a shout out to our friend John Kaz, who debuted The Legend of Louie, his new film slash music project over at Ghost Hawk Brewery last week. John Kaz is out here making some very good Jersey art. Shout out to that scumbag who was putting poop in kids' food down in South Jersey. That hit NJ.com. Also, everybody, don't forget to get out and vote this week, especially keep your eye. This is an election where there's not many huge things happening, but this is when political-minded psychos try to sneak onto your school board. So do check if your town has elections, because you might have someone out there trying to shout about craziness in a way to politicize your school board. So please do check into it. Public service announcement. Vote Tuesday. Make sure that that happens okay this week's episode great interview absolutely great interview i uh unfortunately couldn't be there personally bonaduce and mike d talked to our friend max Bonchina, and i met max a few months ago because him and mike d were rolling through morris county where i live and we all went out to the morristown diner and they had just been out taking photos and as you're going to hear max is a high level urban explorer and 
I know in Jersey, there's a long legacy of this. A lot of us love a good abandoned building in Jersey, an abandoned mental hospital, an abandoned warehouse. There's all kinds of great stuff happening in this state at all times when it comes to this. And Max is a super talented photographer who goes and checks out exact such places. And he can tell us about what this life is like, both in Jersey and beyond. What it's like meeting people in the bowels of abandoned insane asylums. Uh, What pranks go well there. Why Jersey mosquitoes are the worst mosquitoes. I think you're really going to love it. Shout out to Max. Please do support his work. Follow him on Instagram at max.bon. That's B-O-N. And yeah, it's a good episode. Thanks, everybody. Karma Nooch lives. Hello, everyone, and welcome to New Jersey is the World. I am your substitute, Chris Gethard, Mike D, and I am here with Nikki Bonaduce. I'm your substitute, Mike D. This is Nikki Bonaduce. I'll be the voice of reason tonight. And and we're actually completely free range tonight. We don't even have uh, executive producer Carson or Andrea on, so we can go do whatever we want tonight. Free fucking rain, motherfuckers. But, but we do have... Uh, Someone very, very special to talk to, a good friend of mine and Nick's. We've got Max Bonchina, my buddy Max, Max the Explorer. What's up, Max? What's up, guys? I'm so I'm so happy to be here. Uh, I'm hyped. I love talking about exploring and even better, maybe some things that are uh, a bit frightening. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, perfect. We wanted to get this in before Halloween, but we couldn't quite work out the timing. But as everyone knows, just because it turns to November, the spooky season does continue. Because I actually think November in some ways is even spookier than October. Uh, Like this morning, it it started to get cold. The leaves are dropping. This is a creepy time of year too. Yeah, yeah. Something about the pressure of Thanksgiving, you know? That's its own fear, the pressure of Thanksgiving. (laughs) So for for context, so um, I... Max, we've known each other a long time, and obviously, people people who listen to the show know that all of us, Chris, um, but especially Nick and I too, like we we have a propensity to go and explore places that we are not necessarily supposed to be, just to see what's there. Like, um, you know, Chris worked at Weird New Jersey, and and Nick and I actually met literally the first time we met. Right, Nick was yeah. was exploring. like five minutes after we met. I dragged Mike D into the woods, and we went on a goonie adventure climbing the cliffs of Route 280. So yeah, so we met climbing the cliffs of 280, which is why um, we thought it'd be really fun because uh, Max, you have some insane <laughs> exploring stories, and you and I together have gone to a couple places in New Jersey that I think have been have been been pretty epic. Yeah, well, first of all, I love the fact that you mentioned Goonies style because who does not love Goonies uh, or, or, or Stand By Me? You know, this, this tale of freedom, independence, yeah. a, a discovery of oneself and the surroundings, obviously, but it leads to more about you. And uh, I, I, think, I think we all do it in some form or hope more people will do it because uh, exploring, adventuring, is is uh, is a lifestyle, and it can lead to so many, so many amazing things. Besides an abandoned, you know, house or or something of that ilk. I mean, it really is. Uh, brought me friendship, brought me uh, places that I never thought, and so on and so forth. So I love that, and I and I hope that everybody, um, you know, appreciates the fact that all of us are a bit of a, a goonie, in a sense. <laughs> I 
I don't think people, you can probably explain this much better than I can, but I don't think people realize that exploring, that adults exploring is actually a thing. I don't think this is something that the average person understands exists, that there is this mm. huge scene of people all over the world that, that are out there sort of poking their noses into all these interesting places. I mean, that's, that is a good point because we live in a vacuum that I, I hang out with. Explorer friends have become my friends in some ways, so many ways. So you're right. Maybe I, I'm not – and also it is so popular on social media that, yes, maybe I, I falsely think that everybody does it. Um, but that makes sense because sometimes I tell my colleagues at my day job what I do and their, their reactions are like, what, <laughs> why would you do that? Why would you go there? It's filthy, yeah. it's dirty or it's dangerous. And I'm like, what, that makes the fun. That makes it awesome. What do you mean? Why? So I think a lot of people might not understand it or can't do it or afraid to do it and so on and so forth. Good point, Mike, hundred percent right. Well, it's funny because there's, there's sort of a tradition in New Jersey that's been, been going on probably even before us, but a lot of it was brought together by Weird New Jersey magazine. You know, so Mark and Mark from Weird New Jersey for a long time, I think they've sort of given voice to that in New Jersey, right? People, you know, they're doing stories about overbrook abandoned asylum. They're doing stories about strange, spooky, abandoned houses, haunted roads, all that stuff. So I think people in New Jersey are familiar with the part of it that came from weird New Jersey and, you know, going out on a Friday night with your friends to some scary place to see the, you know, look for the Jersey devil, all that stuff. But there is this entire really gigantic world of exploration urbex, all this stuff that I, I didn't even really know that that existed outside of New Jersey until I got to know you. It was kind of, I mean, I did a lot of that stuff, but I didn't know it was connected to something bigger. It is huge. I mean, uh, it, it is, I think social media has definitely made people more aware of it, uh, whether it's TikTok or YouTube or Instagram. Your home center, I mean, there is a massive amount of people that are getting into it. But I love the fact that us three here, whether we knew it or not, have been doing it for years on our own without social media or anything to that. We just generally love doing it. And I think that's that's the best that's the best people of all. It's funny, you mentioned before, like um and Mike D would and I would also talk about it. It, it we always wonder, like, okay, I'm forty six years old, like we were doing this since we were kids, like and I hope that kids are still when we talk about this, Mike put it really well once. He said, You lost this wonderment, this like this mysticism of like not knowing something or having information at your hands. And like, you hope that kids are still doing it. It's funny that you say like a lot of older people are doing it. And um, like you said, there's the exposure, but like, I don't know, are kids still, do kids still have that curiosity? Like, and the, and the amount of places that you go to like are limited now, like, but even, okay, we're 46 now we're still finding like old abandoned stuff to go to, which might just drag me back into, and I'm really starting to enjoy it again. And, and like, I, I'm exposed to a lot of weird places from work anyway, but, um, no, it, but yeah. it's huge. I'm telling you right now, there are oh, good. 12 year olds, 13 year olds, 14 year olds going in, in, in tunnels in Manhattan, <laughs> uh, climbing roofs in Manhattan. There's, there's, there's a ton of young, young people because whether you're 14 or 46, you're doing something that's, that's, you're not a, you're not fully aware what is going to happen next. Right. The ending is not known. Yeah. And 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 that is exciting. No matter what age, what gender, what ethnicity, you, it's like being a kid again. Whether you're 46 or you're a kid, truly at 13, it's exciting. 
it, it's interesting. It, it, it's all of that. Like real life, choose your own adventure. Bam. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. <laughs> Am I going down this hallway? Am I going up to the roof? Uh, that's exactly it. Yeah. Right. And it's real. It's fucking real. And that's, that's the most amazing part of all that. The memories that I have in my head, I, I mean, I'll be 85, hopefully still alive, and I'll be smiling to myself <laughs> in my, my little couch with my pipe and being like, yeah, I remember those days because it brings me joy. To, and I know we'll continue to. You have a lot of stories, uh, Max, that we'll get into in a second, but I wanted to kick off with one um, that you and I did together because I've mentioned it here and there on, on the podcast before and, and a bunch of people have, have sort of written in and, and asked questions about this. But a couple of months ago, you and I went to what I'm calling the ship graveyard. Yes. Right. Hell yeah. So I think give me your version of this story because I've given a little bit of mine and people have asked about it. And, and I, I think they're, they're going to be curious to hear, (laughs) to hear your version of that day. Well, first of all, it was a, wonderfully summery day and you know we're by the water you you see all people rec- a recreational usage of of craft and it's a sunny day and all of a sudden it goes from that to we're, we're in the swamps of costa rica i mean uh, i mean it's like mud trash not that costa is a beautiful country but i'm saying like the jungle the mosquitoes the, the overwhelming heat and as soon as we turned from like where the f- people were just hanging out, having summertime activities, it was nasty smelling. Ugh. And like, we, we, we were attacked by mosquitoes. Yeah. I mean, literally, I'm not talking one, I'm talking 20 biting me all over me to the fact that, to the point that I couldn't even concentrate really what I was doing. And between that, the poison ivy, the Ugh. thorns, I really felt like I was in a jungle, not in bucolic New Jersey. And then, and on top of it, you have like ship after ship just laying there, covered, half covered, quarter covered by plant and foliage until you get to this massive ship, not a boat, a ship, you know, it must've been a hundred plus feet long, Oh shit! Uh, maybe 150, a massive piece of equipment just laying there and, and next to the sailboats, next to the pleasure craft. And, you know, we're climbing up. My boy goes all the way up to the mast. And it's like, you know, that's the beauty of it. Like, you know, you, you go from people jet skiing and playing softball <laughs> to 100 feet away, navigating some jungle and some historic New Jersey ship that is now abandoned and rotting away. So it's, that's, the, that's the dichotomy of exploring that right behind that wall, right behind the curtain, there's another world. Um, and, I, and that's what I, another reason why I love it. That place was, was wild. I remember the one thing that scared me about that place when we first got there was as we pulled up the road, we're pulling up this very poorly maintained road. Yeah. And there was a, a gigantic dog, a, a mastiff just laying in the middle of the road. That was, that was, clearly a- that was it. That was his road. And he was telling us, <laughs> you know, it was amazing. I never saw that before. He was like in the middle of where the cars are. He just plopped himself down and his little, his little posse was around him. Uh, you know, uh, it was funny. Yes, that's when I knew like things are about to get weird. Yeah, I was picking picking dead mosquitoes out of my lenses. Well, I mean, you can actually see them on some of the photos. <laughs> what town was that in? Because I just recently did a job. When I first started with the company with now, maybe it was a year and a half, two years ago we were starting. It was in Carteret, and it was the new Riverwalk they were putting in. And the Riverwalk was right across from the Staten Island landfill. Um, and if you go on the Kilvan Coal over there, now that they have this really nice walkway, 
opposite of it, um, there's the same thing. It's like all abandoned boats, half in the water, half are like like burnt out, like another cool area, but this is where I'm not sure like what county you don't have to like I know you guys are don't wanna this is right this is right across from yep. Philly. On the Del it's on the Delaware side on and, on Philly yeah. by Philly. Yeah. Oh down yeah. there. Yeah. Oh yeah. okay, okay, Shipyard, cool. Which is an amazing place. Nice. And it's a greenway. Uh so I think you're allowed to be there off the shores of Staten Island. Um there's an a, a graveyard of tons of boats and ships, including one from Pearl Harbor. And across nice. from that is I think where you are talking about um, Nick, that that across from Sun Island, you were saying, yeah. yes, I've yeah, they were they just put in uh, like a pedestrian walkway there, and when it first started, like you were saying about the bugs, like and and I work in areas like that all the time, but like I have this thing where like if I'm being swarmed, I just I have zero tolerance for it, like anymore. Like I have to put like one of those bug nets over my head or something. Like it's understandable and it's know. distracting. Oh, it's it, the, <laughs> the noise and I, it, who likes to know that you're physically getting bit, bitten. And the blood is being sucked at, and you can't do anything about it. Like nobody likes that. Nobody says, "Yeah, that's a fun experience." You wind up with West Nile virus. So what is what's the most common? Um, yeah. As a surveyor, one of the most biggest environmental things is like everybody has Lyme disease or has had it at one time or whatever. So imagine going to this. I'm a big like I'm a you know just aware of stuff. I was in Boy Scouts and stuff like that. You said you just mentioned poison ivy, the mosquitoes, like ticks. Like yeah, that's just regular stuff you're dealing with. I don't know if Mike has this set up or whatever. We don't coordinate as usual. Nick is uninformed in all interviews. But do you what what's your stance as far as like you're going into the Asanoan place? What do you bring are you like a pacifist? Do you bring something? Do you have a set of rules that you follow if you engage somebody and you feel threatened or if somebody comes after you? Do you do you carry a weapon of any sort or No, I'm I'm a I'm a pacifist. Okay, that's cool. That's what that's what I'm wondering, like you Yeah, know. yeah. Yeah, I'm not. Fighting is not my thing. No, no. Um, but but I mean, uh, thankfully, that's not happened. I never had a concentration a confrontation with someone physical, which is kind of rare. I've heard many stories. I was just with somebody that literally was slapped in the face by an old really? man in France, um, and he just it, and he just stood there and took it because he was so shocked. It is France, yeah. No, just so shocking because you don't think a uh, some old dude is gonna go up to you and slap you in the face. So I've heard other stories, but. Thankfully, no. I've I've been knock on wood. I've been lucky with that. Uh, nobody has come after me. So I mean, I think I think one of the main things is look. If you get caught, I think I tell everybody: be nice, be nice, be polite, speak well, speak eloquently, there you go. and be honest, and say, "Hey, I'm here just to take some photographs. I'm here just to explore." And 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 that is um, that's worked for me when I was caught there on property, and the, they just said, "Take care, have a nice day." And nothing came of it. That's happened a few times. So I think there's a big lesson there about being polite, being courteous when you're caught. Always good. And honest. The New Jersey way. Not just when you're caught there and caught in life too. <laughs> <laughs> right? Tell the cop always the truth, right? When they pull you over, right? Right, Mike? That's the truth. Yeah. It, it, that's that's generally worked for us. I mean, we always, we, we always tell the story all the time is one time uh, Chris and I we're going to tr going to find uh, this really famous old mansion, Blairston, and we were driving, and we got pulled over. Um, right, we were maybe a quarter of a mile from where you'd pull over to to walk into this place, and we get pulled over, and the cop, you know, shines flashlight, and he's like, "What are you doing?" And 
Chris says, well, we're just driving around and the cop shines the flashlight at us and goes, you're not trying to look for the haunted mansion, huh? <laughs> because there was no other reason that two kids yeah. would be there. Yeah. And, we, you know, we just immediately cop to it. You know, yes, we were looking for it and then we eventually he he was afraid of my, of, of my dog and didn't want to deal with getting a dog out of the car so he let us go but yeah we we probably should have been but been up front with him because he knew but how can he give you a, a how can he charge you with something before you haven't done it what is it like minority report i mean he, it's new jersey and it's called what? police harassment <laughs> we call yeah. it police harassment i mean mind blown i think it's in a. It's like we can figure out a reason to arrest you if you're not cooperative right now. How about that? And it's one of those towns, a pretty pretty wealthy part of the state, that two kids driving around in a beat up car is going to immediately arouse suspicion. There really is no reason for us to <laughs> to be there. So you haven't had any confrontations with people. What's something you've run into that has been terrifying right off the bat? Something that just well, I, I think spooked you. I think I think the big thing is. Is that look when we're alone at night, whether it's you're walking down a street in some town, or even I mean you're wherever you might be. Whenever you're alone, you it's never a pleasant feeling. Sometimes you start thinking about it, you know, at nighttime, right? Now amplify that a thousand times. What if <laughs> what if you're alone in an abandoned location, and then add to that, what if you're alone in an abandoned mental asylum? Or some kind of creepy, already, it's already, your mind's already messing with you, right? You're in a man, abandoned asylum, mental, mental patients were here, and, and you're alone. And that is always a, a big trigger you're, because you hear noises, things naturally. I was just in an asylum uh, on, uh, what, Sunday? Yeah, and, and there was a noise. And immediately my, my, the model that, that I was with, I was shooting her, immediately both of us just stopped. We were like, what was that? And you know, I was just like, the wind rattling the window. It's, but you're, you start, things start fucking with you because of the setting you're in. And then several times, I'll be in a, a abandoned hospital, and a couple of times this happened when I'm with somebody, and they're like, I'm going left. And I'm like, all right, I'll go right. And then before you know it, you don't know where they are, and you realize, oh shit, I'm by myself. I've never been here before. I don't know where I'm going. And and no cell phone works usually in some of these places. And you're just wandering around. You're like, what the hell am I going to discover? Now, thankfully, I don't really believe in the supernatural. But but still, whether it's a homeless person or some uh, people who are preying on, on explorers, whatever it is, that is always a creepy feeling when you're alone in an abandoned hospital and you don't know where you're going and you, or you can't get out. One time I was with a bunch of guys. We couldn't get out. <laughs> And this is a place in 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 in, uh, in Queens, a Creedmoor that everybody goes to. Jesus. But we went. We went. Hey, let's go this way. We never went this way, and we were completely lost. And I have a great sense of direction, because some of these places, the doorways are jammed, so you can't go the normal route, yeah. and then you have to backtrack. And before you know it, you're all confused about where you are. <sighs> and also, the lighting sucks. As soon as it turns somewhat darker in the afternoon, it's pitch black in those places. So you 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 don't can't get out. You can't see anything. Uh, it, it's not a fun feeling. That that kind of that that kind of now some people might enjoy that, uh, but when you're alone, it's not it's not so so much fun for me personally. Uh, and then on top of it, I bumped into people, strangers in these hospitals. You know, like you don't know if it's a friend or a foe. You're like, hey, yeah, if they're living there or something, who knows? Right. You know, are they on? I mean, right. I'll give you two things that scared that pretty was pretty scary. One was back to Creedmoor. Um, 
I was there last year. I think it was about last year, I think. I was just myself and a, and a friend who came from Paris, and she wanted to do something local. So I took her there, and I went to a new route, and we were in new rooms I've never been to, because these places are labyrinths, you know, wow. buildings after buildings, floors after floors. They just keep going because of the massive institutions they used to build in America. And all of a sudden, I walk into this room, and there is uh, rolling racks, you know, for clothing, like for yeah. Bloomingdale's, Macy's, rolling racks with coats, but all perfectly manicured in plastic sheathing and the place is destroyed graffiti pearls burned and why is there a rolling rack with perfectly put women's coats and women's dresses so weird i'm thinking fucking silence of the lambs i'm like i'm starting to look behind me in the shadows yeah. i'm here with this young lady i'm like i started bugging out and it was getting dark oh. and i was like hey you know what i was like i think we should you know head out we got our shots because that's creepy as hell Who's putting these clothes here? Why do they have a closet in an abandoned mental asylum? So that that shook me. Now, I'm sure there's a logical reason for that, or maybe there isn't. But that kind of like creepy little things, you're like, what is happening? Will definitely mess with your mind. The, yeah, the idea of things that aren't, things that are not where they should be. Not correct. <laughs> you know, something that is in the wrong environment can can be really, really scary. And you have to wonder something um something like that where it takes effort right you have to find those clothes that you have to be in plastic you have to carry them all the way to this asylum up however many foot right the same path you've taken that's not something you accidentally do it has to be intentional exactly now maybe they were the patient's coats but why were they there the rest of the room was in disheveled destroyed so somebody placed this here neatly why and then in another section of it, I found another set of rooms where people put cans and, 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 and belongings neatly as if they live there. And why? So those things make you wonder, like, what, am, I, am I disturbing someone's home? And, you know, that's always, you know, when you're dealing with the mental asylum and home, like, that's always something you're like, should I be here or should I not? And that, that gives you pause. You got to be wise. You got to be prudent. And, and, and that's why... You know, you might, but again, all those movies you see, all those horror movies you see, start playing tricks on you. We um, we used to spend a lot of time at an abandoned asylum out here called Overbrook, which is no longer there. It's been completely flattened, and they built condos on top of it. But it had a it had a tunnel system underneath it that was really difficult to explore. And uh, we were down there one time, and we were walking around, and we heard footsteps. And, and we saw light quite a ways down. And so we all sort of hid in a side room because we, we didn't know who it was. We knew there was other people down there, but we didn't know who they were. And as the light came around the corner and the footsteps came closer, we saw that it was a, a goth girl walking with a candle down there by herself. And I mean, I almost hit the ceiling and stuck to it like a cat. It just terrified me. At first, we were scared of her, but then I was even more scared because just being a, a person wandering around there alone with just a candle, you can't see anything with a candle. You know, that gives you a foot of light in either direction. But that, that's the kind of people that I think that seek out these locations. They want to seek out some supernatural 
uh, connection or something. I think that's what it is. I think that people are some people are obsessed with Halloween and and, and horror movies and things like that. I mean, that's my inkling. But yeah, I know the feeling. I have done that before. You hear footsteps, you hide, you wait till it's done. But I'm gonna I'm gonna add on to you. I was in Paris in the famous La Defense. Not La, I'm sorry, not La Defense. La Petite Ceinture. La Petite Ceinture means little belt. It's an it's an abandoned section of a of an outdoor train that circles Paris, right? You've seen the shots, La Petite Ceinture. If you put into Google, you see this beautiful abandoned track, and the tunnel is covered in ivy. It's stunning. So I've always wanted to go there. I went there last year, and my boy and I are walking. One section is you have to go through a tunnel, legit, legit, a mile approximately in complete darkness. All right? Train tracks, complete darkness. It was raining. Graffiti everywhere. And I hear something. I come. Two, two young girls, they must have been high school, are walking through the same tunnel by themselves. And it's kind of like, it makes I was like, why? Like, why? I know, I know it's, hey, you know, it's daytime, but that kind of stuff, like, I, I don't know why people... And then, like, literally five minutes later, I see a dude crawling literally out from the side because there's somehow that leads to the Paris catacombs. There's a tunnel entrance that leads to the Paris catacombs. So literally, I'm walking. All of a sudden, my friends go, did you see that? There's a dude who just crawled out. I'm like, no. He's like, so you people are literally coming up from the bottom of, this, of the tracks from somewhere, appearing. And, and these two little high school girls are walking through. So it's like, yeah, people have a different, I think they maybe they seek place that are scary or maybe they have no fear themselves but uh it's it's fascinating how how different people are how do you even start to figure out something like that where this system of abandoned train tunnels then connects to the catacombs i mean that has got to be terrifying it's not not as if there's a map you can buy at the you know at the, at the bookstore to tell you right well there are there are and that that's got to be terrifying itself there are ma- there are maps for the catacombs i've been there twice and i know that they have maps in fact i think uh, one of the one of the explorers who i've gotten to know really well in paris who goes there i would say it's a lifestyle for them. They hang out in these these catacombs. They party. They have raves. Uh, they 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 sleep down there with sleeping bags. I mean, it's a whole culture. And and they told me that there are some um, catacomb lovers that when they see a stranger or a newbie with maps, they're they're supposed to take it and burn it because they're not supposed to have maps, which is kind of cool. It's like a little subculture about that. I thought that was fascinating. Oh, so maps are considered gauche or un- sort of uncool. Right, yeah. breaks the rules. Right, right. You're supposed to have it up here, uh, which I think was a really cool, like old school point about really understanding. You know, the catacombs are, I mean, I have a great sense of direction. Fuck that. I mean, I, I you have no phone service and it's literally 200 miles of tunnels beneath Paris. Oh, so you're not, you're not, you're not, if you go down there, Without a map or a guide, you're not, you're going to be there for fuck hours. You're going to be there for days, Jesus. and 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 it's wet often, and the tunnels can be different sizes, and there's also rooms, but there's only like a few entrances out in and out. So that's the kind of place that you definitely feel this feeling of wow. Now I'm always there with people, but if you're by yourself, no service, how are you getting out? And the one time I went, the first time I went. 
we encountered a bunch of kids who were lost and could not get out. No shit. And literally, my friend had to tell them, make a left, make a right, get out. Because they would have been there wandering for I don't know how fucking long. It's crazy. Uh, which is which is kind of, <laughs> you know, that can mess with you. No phone service. You don't know where you're going. It's dark. It's wet. You know, forget the bones. The bones part is only one part of the catacombs. The most of the catacombs just how? tunnels and rooms. And I mean, yeah, I, I don't want you to spill any specific secrets, but how do you get in and out? What are the entrances and exits to some to to the catacombs? Like how how does that exist? Because I'm thinking of New York or Newark, right? Major cities that I know really well. You know, I, how do you get in? Yeah, you just you, just think of New York City, right? And think of like some random uh, manhole cover or some random um, grave. Yeah. yeah, and then guess what? <laughs> Something like that leads to the catacombs. I remember. <laughs> I remember the first time I I got out. We opened up the grate at like I don't know, fucking four in the morning, and literally we're, we're we we got out in one of the most beautiful boulevards in Paris. There was a cafe wow. that you see always, and the dudes were cleaning it up because it was closed up. We're in the middle of a big avenue, think of Broadway, Sixth Ave, and boom, we're just exited into into the. That's what I love about exploring that sense of there's a there's a world be, beneath the world. Right, this rabbit hole that you go into, the matrix, and that the general population has no clue what is even in front of them. I I find that so incredibly intoxicating. That idea of a world within a world. What else have you seen down there? What's something you've seen down there that is just (laughs) not in? Well, well, the bones, the bones did not scare me. I thought they would. Uh, So eventually, you go through many tunnels. There's Nazi uh, bunkers. Uh, from World War II, uh, there you can see battles were fought. The doors have been blasted off. No shit. French bunkers that the occupying uh, German forces uh, took over for themselves. Uh, there is um, worker rooms. There is monastic rooms that monks used to go down there. So there's a, there's a layers of history, and then eventually there is the bones because Paris outgrew the city grew so much they had no more space which is a common problem in many countries in Western Europe, there's no more space for the bodies. So they started dumping the bodies on the ground. And so when you reach a certain section of it, I'll never forget, you crawl through a tiny hole the size of maybe oh, two of my laptop screens, you know, two feet. And, and you're crawling and boom, I was crawling on bones. I'm talking about hundreds. No shit. Thousands of bones. And I'm there because the tunnel is so small. I'm on my hands and feet. And I wasn't, I wasn't shook because it felt like leather. They were brownish. Uh, yeah, they didn't, look, they didn't look like bones, like white, you know? Yeah, yeah. They, they like weren't wood. bleached out or nothing. Yeah, yeah, they look like wood. I think that's a leather-colored yeah. wood. And so I'm crawling on there, and then eventually the tunnel gets higher. I can stand up. And then eventually I'm met with a wall of skulls. And, and, and I didn't feel the fear. I think I was too, like, amazed at where I'm at and I was in this yeah. in this little sense of goonies this inspiration I was like what am I doing here how did this get here all these questions are, and I was amazed and we were having a great time I gotta tell you we didn't feel I didn't feel I was disrespectful either uh, I didn't I didn't I didn't feel that way I felt like this has been here for hundreds of years and 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 I wasn't doing anything uh, against them but it was weird then some people took different things somebody decided to construct a throne of bones 
which is weird. This <laughs> massive, weird. massive throw to Bones. Uh, that is a goonie, a goonie move. Right? Yeah, right? And then somebody, I don't know, not me, somebody decided two years ago put an upside-down cross and a 666, so to give it this satanic feel to it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the catacombs are one of the most amazing places I've been to. Uh, it, it is mind-blowing uh, what's down there, whether you're into street art the, or the graffiti, whether you're into exploration and photography. Um, I mean, it's just a wild, wild place, or, or even the bones, the bones of centuries of, of citizens of Paris. So pretty wild. I'm glad. The only thing I got to tell you, though, are you guys claustrophobic? Nah, it depends. All right, because I, st- I, I, I fucking nearly, I don't know how I kept my shit together. The second time I went, we took a new way out and we were circling up this uh, this tunnel. We had to push it against the, our arms against <gasps> against the tunnel to just to get out. So oh, shit. yeah, that's how tight it was. So elbow, elbow, up, up, and it's wet. Everything's wet. And I'm trying not to slide. There's blood on the on the walls because somebody must have slipped and smashed their uh. face. So there's blood dripping. I can't see where I'm going because it's <laughs> swirling. It's swirling up, right? So I keep and it's tiny. Just room for me. Not even my backpack. Just for me. And I'm going no up, going up, going up. The guy behind me, underneath me, the French dude is like, "Yeah, just keep going up, keep going up." I'm like, "All right." I'm trying not to panic because you can't see up, down, sideways. And then I get to this little. I swear to you, the size of this screen. And the guy's like, yeah, that's the entrance. I'm like, at the exit. I'm like, what? How am I getting through this? Right, right. I'm like, what the fuck? Holy I can't shit. Go, I can't go down. I can't. I'm like, what? And I'm bugging. I'm trying to maintain my cool. So I, I, I go up and now I'm stuck in between. And I, and I realize that I have to like lift myself up with my arms because oh, there's no room to like squeeze up and down. Yeah, you do. And, and I somehow made it through. I fucking swear to God, I, I, I felt like I was born again. I was so happy. I wanted to kiss the ground. I made it through. And then the dude behind me goes, yeah, yeah, Last time I went here, I got stuck. Uh, I'm like, really? What do you do? Really? And this is where we, <laughs> I don't know. He got, he somehow got through it. But the size of, think about that. The size of your shoe, that was the exit. The only thing, you're talking about that, right? That's that's terrifying enough. But like, and you're, you're going terrifying. down elevation. Um, have you ever been worried about it? Or have you ever had that experience? Like when we were kids, we used to have the place we used to go into and, uh, I don't know. I was just always weird like this, but I remember we had we had made torches this one time. We go into the basement of this building, and like it smelled like like fucking natural gas. Um, have you ever been concerned, especially in the catacombs, something like that? When you go down to a certain level, are you worried about the level of oxygen? Are you going to be able to breathe? Uh, is that some? Is that ever like entered your mind, or have you ever encountered a situation where you thought that you might lose consciousness besides being crushed in a no that's vertical exit no that's a good one i never thought about that i just i'm always worried about asbestos in these american abandoned places um but uh no i never felt that but and another 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 underground system in in europe um that the idea of getting lost is can fuck with you yeah because we were in an underground cave system outside paris it was an underground uh nato base that NATO had constructed. <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, outside Paris, and it was abandoned. So we went there to, to because we had heard that there was armored cars and ambulances from this NATO base in there. So we hopped through. We turned out to be the mayor's house. We went through his backyard. We didn't realize <laughs> it till after. And we get to this tunnel system, and there's no fucking service at all. Your bar is zero. And the guy who was with, he couldn't find it. He didn't know where he was going. That is a that is a, a kind of like a worrisome feeling where 
The guide is lost. Oh, Jesus. You have no service. It's pitch black. And you're just going from cave to cave in this labyrinth of tunnels. And all you're seeing is mushrooms and mushrooms because the French grow mushrooms in these caves. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and they're all decayed and dead. So it was, we finally got there. But the idea of being lost and nobody can come get you right. is not pleasant. So did you find, you actually found the NATO base? You made it there. We did. Yeah, yeah. We found the ambulance, the uh, armored car. Somebody had fucking taken out the cannon. I don't know how that's possible because the thing weighs several thousand pounds. But, no shit. But they took out the cannon. There was evidence of exploration. The rooms were barren. The furniture was gone, uh, this and that. And then we actually got lucky. We found out, if, my friend told me a few months later that they took out all the vehicles a couple months after. So we were probably wow. the last ones to make it down there. So yeah, Europe has so much stuff. They have so much history on us. That they have so many abandoned. They, they. I mean, America has the great things, but and that's funny. I think Europe has it all. I think two two weekends ago, Nick and I went on a on a mission because we had heard that there was. I, I sent you. So right. We had heard that yes. there was a that there was an armored yeah. car yes. and some other stuff in this yeah. factory, and so we we found the factory. Um, there was no armored car. There was a Rolls Royce in there, that's which was pre, 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 pretty <laughs> wild to see that. But yeah, there was no armored car and what was really strange nick so you might so nick is a nick's an operating engineer a surveyor so expert on all infrastructure construction i work in like infrastructure and, and this was a beautiful build like it was a concrete building structure was like in perfect shape and but like anyway go ahead I, well, you pointed something I'm, I'm the sweeper when we go in there i go ahead of mike d because he's taking his pictures and i sweep all the rooms and like do all that kind of crazy shit. In in that building, you pointed out something which blew my mind and I just am, was not equipped to notice that that building was so clean. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was it was weird. Spotless. It was the strangest thing. And I mean, it was completely, you know, a few parts of it were, were trashed and there was some graffiti in some places, but I mean, it was. Yeah, there was some nice, really nice graffiti. Completely. But like, it was like, we were talking about like, gosh, like we found the one car I was like, Mike, I was like, everything's too clean. Maybe they came in here and somebody finally like <laughs> yeah. took the shit out of there, you know? Yeah. I mean, there, there is, I've heard, I've heard from other people that there's a very lucrative market in finding abandoned look, things that are, that are worth money either for what they're made out of or their historical value. So I believe it. Here's, here's the one, here's the one thing I always do when we go into these buildings now. I check out the wiring. I'll go to like, yeah. especially in the industrial buildings. Yeah. And like, you see how good the scrappers are? Cause I worked with crazy scrappers for years. I'm like, you know, you know where the money is, copper, whatever. But like, man, this building was like, they took out the little plates that were in the, in the switch boxes. I was like, this place is stripped dry. They fucking came in here. But like, even for scrap metal, like, there was old, there was must have been, it's like the only thing that wasn't taken out of there were these old engine blocks, but it was only because they had decayed so much that they wouldn't have been able to get any money for them. Shit. But yeah, I get that. There's there's big money in there. Big money for that. I got something I got something to share with you guys. Uh, and I haven't really talked about this, but um, I want to tell you guys um, two things. First of all, one, I'll definitely, this is, no, this is a known thing, but I think you guys would really appreciate this. In the Urbex community, abandoned schools, abandoned hospitals, abandoned whatever it is, there seems to be a thing in the community where they actually take pleasure in scaring people. <laughs> oh, yeah, good. So 
<laughs> like, yeah, so I haven't counted. At the moment when you're there or like well, for people that come after you? Yeah, they leave booby traps. So I found this in, oh, no shit. in several places and I find it an absolute awesomeness by whoever comes up with these things. So with the, 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 the joke seems to be is to make it look like there's a dead body. <gasps> that's the joke. Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've seen this happen numerous times. So, for example, there was a abandoned hospital in Rockaways, which is unfortunately demolished, and there was a hurricane. Oh, Greystone probably, right? Um, no. no, it was Peninsula. A Rockaway, New York. Yeah, a Peninsula, a Peninsula Hospital. I'm oh, sorry. I'm yeah, it was, it was abandoned uh, due to Hurricane Sandy. So there was a little room, a closet, uh, on the second floor where somebody decided to dress up uh, um, and make it look like a dude with a plaid shirt and jeans. They put jeans on him and plaid shirt, and he was like perfectly placed halfway out the door. And so the first time I went there, abandoned, never been here, dark as fuck. What do you think? You bug out. You're like, what? You're, you're, you're so scared. You're like, first of all, is that a person that you think it's dead? You're, you're, your mind is just like blown. And then here comes the best part. Because once you know it's a joke, you know what's going to happen. I would take people there all the time. <laughs> and it was the best. So I'd take these guys and I'd be like, hey, what is that? Is that a, is that a, is that a person? And the reaction, forget it. They're just like, ah, no. And they all like, you know, different swarms of reactions. So that is a thing uh, in Brooklyn is a famous underbelly project, an abandoned ghost station in Brooklyn. Somebody set up a mannequin there. I've been in a school in Buffalo. So that seems to be a common joke where they set up, it looks like a... You give me a whole new purpose now in, yeah. in, in this uh, urban exploring. <laughs> uh, this, uh, that's the worst thing you could have told me because yeah. I never even thought of that before. Oh, it's brilliant. Whoever Whoever's doing this is fucking brilliant uh, because it's, I mean, the first time you're scared and then after that, it's funny as hell. Yeah, so that's def that's the one thing. I guess that's the uh, thrill you're chasing anyway. So it only makes yeah. it better for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's like what, yeah. So that's that's that for Mike. Have you come across stuff like that ever? Um, I've definitely come across things that I'm certain people have set up to scare right. other people. Yes. Once, um, I w I was in a building and I turned a corner and somebody had taped an old rusty machete to like the the side like um so basically when you turn the corner it was kind of like sticking out and you basically would have walked like right into it yeah. um so, so i'd seen that that version of a booby trap before another time i was in another building and somebody you know how sometimes people will do like um graffiti signposting which they'll write they'll point an arrow like go this way or you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody yeah. had written um, stairs down with an arrow, but when you went there, it was an elevator shaft. Oh, so if you if somebody had not, what? if you didn't shine yeah. your flashlight down, you would have yeah, fallen that, down there and died. That, like no question. That's not funny. That's messed up. That's, that's yeah, really yeah. Well, that's I mean, really that's really cruel and evil. And so there's always bad people. Yeah, out yeah, there, like right? that. That I don't I don't understand. Like that's not funny. No, that's not. <laughs> that's a that's a booby no. trap. That's not. A yeah, funny that's, a, that's a booby trap. All right. I've never seen a. Um, Never seen a, a luckily Not, never seen a body fake or otherwise. I'm going to start saving all my old jeans and clothing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a funny trick, man. The first time it gets you, you're like, what? Uh, that's that's unintentioned fear. But I got to tell you, this is something that I really don't mention. But there is something that really uh, did bring me um, the sense of like, I'm not actually going to make it. 
and 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 one of my favorite things to do is explore uh, the tunnel systems throughout throughout the throughout the world, whether in Barcelona, New York City, Paris, Philly. And I've done it so many times. I've gotten used to it. And obviously, it's 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 illegal. It's dangerous and all that. Uh, but there's something to be said when you do by chance mistime things or not understand things or things just don't go your way and you're on the tracks and there's, oh, a, Jesus. And there's a train coming at you. And that oh. is, that has happened to me only one time. And I really thought that was it. I thought that's it. This is it. And I stood there for about a half a second knowing I had nowhere to go, no clearance, nothing. And thankfully things turned out right. I was able to get out of the way. But that to me is a moment of a true moment of this is it. I've lived a good life. I'm out. Listen, I'll tell you this, and I'm on a job right now where I'm on active tracks. I'm on the Amtrak New Jersey Transit. You're going from Newark to um to the city. And we're doing the Port Over Bridge and all this bullshit. Like I'm on the tracks all the time because half the tracks are staying, we're adding on to it. And I have flagmen and everything like that. And in the two years that I've been on this job, and I'm super aware, but when I'm doing my work, I have to be really precise. And like, I count on the people that are around me to do their job properly. And with all the training and everything else like that, when you said that, when you started saying that, and that that moment of fear where I, it's so hard, everybody, everybody reacts differently, right? But like, even with everything I know about trains and like where's where's the safest place to be, there is a feeling of fucking terror that comes through you. And I'm in a more, much more controlled environment. And it's funny, I was talking to a guy the other day, and we all we have to go through all these different training, like uh, New Jersey Transit, Amtrak. But the most brutal one, or the most eye-opening and shocking one, is the MTA Transit uh, training. Because when you're on the subway and you're under the ground and you see those like little cutouts on the side of the fucking tunnels, those are for when you're down there to like stand in there. And what I'm telling you, it's 18 inches in that hole and you, you got to be in there and people fucking bug out. Like, because it is not a normal thing to have a fucking train going by you. No, but, I'll tell you what, yeah. that Acela is going 90 miles an hour through Secaucus fucking train station. Okay. And, you, they're like, oh, you have so much time for when they honk this horn. Yeah, but that's not including the human panic. And if you're not a person that's conditioned to being in those situations, like, God help you. I mean, God help you. So that's very, that touches me, man. Right, right. It's true because, you know, whether you're facing a dog, yeah. or if you're facing a homeless person, with a, even with a club or a bat or machete, you cannot win against the train. No. If you're not winning. <laughs> if there's nowhere for you to go and there's no clearance, it's over. And that's the thing that is yeah. that hit me yeah. so hard. I was like, "Yo, this is it." And 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 yeah, because you can't win. I, I'll take a dog anytime. I might get bit, but at least I'll survive. Yeah, or whatever. No, no doubt. Whatever. Yeah, it is. that's real. Because the, that metal beast is not stopping, and it's frightening. That's why urbex, and you hear it all the time: people falling off roofs, people falling oh, off yeah. bridges. Because it's not a game. It's not a joke. And, and, and there are true consequences to, to, to go in places you're not supposed to go. We saw, years ago, we saw, um, when we were at the Overbrook Hospital, we saw a kid fall off the roof there. And it was... <gasps> How? 
Why? He, I, I don't, he was, he was screwing around up on the roof and he was fucked up. Oh. Yeah. He was out of his mind and he fell off and it was brutal because <sighs> we, we talked about this on a different show a long time ago, but I mean, his arm was completely like twisted, like 90 degrees the wrong way. How far is, how many, how, how many floors? What was three, that? Three, three stories. Three, four three floors. Stories. Three I mean, stories. Awesome. Like a legitimate. Listen, you know. I think so. Legitimately, yes. anything over three and a half, four feet can be a fatal fall. So you didn't make it. So if you fall from three stories, God bless you. Right. Three, right. Three, three stories is the death now. So, oh my. And you were there to see it. Jesus. We, we were talking. <laughs> kids talking to us. We were just talking to him and his buddies because at we knew that there was a morgue there yeah. and every, and, and, and like I said, the tunnels there were really big and complex and it was hard to find things. And so we were talking to them they're like, Oh yeah, we, we know where it is. You go here, you do this, go down this tunnel. And yeah. And then his buddy went up to the roof and he was throwing stuff off the roof and screwing around and he just fell like right off the edge, you know? And did you inquire about what happened to him? We saw him afterwards. <laughs> well, this was, yeah. And we'll, I, I think we did, at that point in time, which because this is pre cell phone, we 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 left and it was a far walk out. You know, it took a while and yeah, yeah we were on like the Caldwell help. size that long road in. Yeah, did he make- we went out and called nine one one. I don't know that. Um, I, that yeah. would that's a, not sure. That's a he was like a local kid, so he was like up there all the time. Like you know, not but that's that's like that's the kind of stuff that stays with you. You know, if you if you allow it, because that to see a young kid like that. We just threw it as life away is 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 is, is devastating. So, damn, I didn't know that, Mike. Yeah, that was- so you said you you don't necessarily believe in the supernatural, but have you ever felt something like a, a terror besides an environment or a train coming at you? Have you ever felt or, or had like some sort of feeling that there was some other? something around you that wasn't right like your spidey yeah. sense is going yeah, there, off do, do you trust intuition on a different level do you believe on energy yeah. and stuff like that there were there were two things there were two things that comes to mind I, and I, I i it's i call it more like a vibe you just feel like something's wrong right and and both times i just i i left i just bounced because i didn't feel it's something about the aura i i didn't i didn't i mean i don't know so one time was a morgue in a hospital <laughs> Jesus. And and uh, we were with some. I was my first time there, and uh, we were with these two people uh, who who go there all the time. And my friend and I were you know were, were being escorted by them, and they showed us the morgue. And then they started. One of them started like posing inside the morgue Ugh. with suggestive poses. And I looked at my friend. I was like, "This is just so wrong." I just felt very like if something inside me was telling me leave. This is not right. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know if it just seems so wrong. And I was like, I, I got to get out of here. And it was just something. It just was. I don't know if it was her or the vibe or the yeah whatever. It just. It, I, I I hurriedly left, and I was like, I'm I'm out. I trust your um, intuition. But then it was something even more tangible. We are at uh, Kings Park, which is a a massive, uh, sprawling, abandoned place in uh, Long Island. And I made it to the to the top floor, thirteenth floor, the main building. It's a massive, massive building. And in the roof, there's like an elevator where the elevator room stops. It's like the the rafts, the rafters, and all that, the attic of the hospital. And uh, it was my friend and I. We were just sitting around, taking in the view. You can see the Long Island Sound. You're so high up. And we're sitting there by the the entrance, by the doorway leading down. 
And all of a sudden, we looked towards the elevator shaft, and there was a massive wheel about maybe a foot long, foot in diameter, metal wheel. And we noticed the wheel just started spinning and spinning. And we both looked at each other like, is this really happening? Like, why is this wheel moving? This thing has been abandoned since the 1990s. What the fuck is moving? It's a massive wheel. And we just looked at each other and, and the same thing. We just had this vibe of like, I think it's time to go. And we bounced. And uh, I haven't been to that attic since then, actually. I don't know if it's by accident or <laughs> whatever. But yeah, I'm sure there's a common explanation. If there's any engineers out there, why some massive metal wheel would move. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Spooky either way, right? Sometimes, yeah, you you know. Or one one that I've noticed over the years is, Sometimes you'll go into a house, a building, someplace, and the temperature is unnaturally cold. I've heard and that. I'm not talking about underground, yes. yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Some place I've yes. been to where yes. it's hot outside and yeah. it's for whatever reason, see, you that see would, your breath. That would spook the hell out of me because that, that, that brings the supernatural to light, the idea of ghosts and phantasms. So I never experienced that, Mike. That's insane. Where was that, Mike? Where was that at, Mike? It was a couple of places. One that I was actually at with Nick was we had found um, this abandoned this abandoned house that was way off in the woods in this area that was where all like they used to call it and they still call it Mafia Row and it's where all these um, mobsters live. But there was this one abandoned house that we had gone into there, and the two things about that house that were very strange were the whole floor of the house was covered in torn up Bible pages. And I don't mean one Bible. I mean, enough that it was like what you would put in the bottom of a hamster cage, thousands and thousands of pages. But it was also so cold in that house that you could see your breath. And this was the middle of summer. The house had no electricity, no air conditioning. Nick was there. It was, a, it was I, I mean, this happened a lot of years ago and it's still like, yeah. I can remember so as if it just happened. It was so strange. That would make me get the hell out ASAP. Yeah, we did. That was like uh, the first time that, like, I think we were both like, we we're all looking. I was like, we're standing there. I was like, and we're both looking at each other. I was like, why can we see our breath in here? Like the middle, like if it was the middle of winter, we're in this house, and we're like, why can we see our breath right. in this house? Because I, I like to think of things as logical. I always feel like there's a logical explanation for everything. I can work out any problem through the, through that, and and that begs begs that, like, why, how, and there's no real answer, and that's when you start thinking of other things. So that, that would that would freak me the hell out, man. Holy, have you guys gone back? No, it's the place has been demolished now, and uh, uh, was, yeah, it's been flattened now. So turned into like a, the whole area is like a church now. Oh, interesting, interesting. <laughs> yeah. But that goes back to the previous thing that I was telling you about the clothes hanger. Oh yeah, and all those jackets. It's like somebody ripped those pages from the Bible, Mike, like yeah. on purpose, correct? Oh yeah, and and there were so many that. It would have been a part-time job. You, it would, it, it, it looked right. as if it had taken some. It, it would have taken you hours to do that. You know, there was not a, something that happened in five minutes. It was like, like individually, like yeah. ripped. Yeah. Wow. So we're talking like the clothing thing again. I'm wondering, like, so do you think back? It's like, well, were these people who were put into the asylum and they were keeping their clothes there? It was like somebody hiding with somebody, you know, all these, there's so many great questions. I guess that's what makes it so great. But, but it was, it was the wrapped in the dry cleaning plastic. It's like perfect. So why would it, how those clothes are from the seventies. <laughs> why are they still in the dry cleaning plastic? Like something is, 
They don't make plastic like they used to, I guess. I guess, man. I don't know. Something doesn't make sense. Um, how do you guys feel about dogs? It's that martinizing. That martinizing was fucking good shit, man. Uh, how do you guys feel about dogs? I love dogs. I'm a dog person. Yeah, I'm a dog person. How but do you- I know when a dog's bad. All right, because there's one other thing that I got to share that there's a very famous uh, mansion outside Philly uh, called Winwood Hall. Ooh. It's considered the Versailles of America. What? Um, the look it up on on Google. Uh, Winwood with a Y, and the um, the the uh, the tycoon who built it in this classical uh, European neoclassical style. His son uh, perished on the Titanic. So this is big money. Oh Jesus! Yeah. So it was. Wow. He was eventually uh, in possession of a of a uh, Korean church. And it was, uh, it's a big, it's a bigger urbex spot outside Philly. A lot of people have gone there in the past few years, but what made it kind of, there was some trepidation from everybody because the, 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 uh, I guess the watcher, not security guard, but the person in charge of securing the property this massive property kept two massive Rottweilers. That's a thing. Yeah. To, to scare away other people and to even attack. And I remember when I was asked to, to, to go there, and it's like, it's all fun and games. You know, oh, yeah, the big dogs, eh, who cares? And then when you're on the property and you're in the bushes and you got to make that run, that 50-foot, 100-foot yeah. run from the bush line to the window, and right before you go, <clears throat> you hear a bellowing bark. And you're like, that's when shit gets real. And like, oh. Wait a minute. This is not a joke anymore. If I'm about to make this run, there might be two big-ass Rottweilers who are going to catch me, and then that shit's going to go down not well. Yeah, they're just going to rip right, you apart, right. man. I'll never forget that. I looked at him. I was like, oh, this is, this is really happening. And, and we made the break for it. We made it inside. It was a great explore. I went back a second time, and I never saw them. But I've heard stories. People have taken iPhones of those dogs. I've heard the dogs are gone now, but the owners are like crazy with the video cameraing and they're putting up people pictures of who were caught on the camera on their page and they're outing them. The cops are uh, definitely out, affluent town. But that is another type of fear uh, when, yeah, you know, one dog, okay, but two, right. Mike? Yeah, it's like, all right, what am I doing now? <laughs> I haven't crossed paths with with too many dogs over the years. Yeah, maybe I've just been been lucky, but dogs, I mean, I've definitely run into sketchy, tons of sketchy, scary people. I've definitely run into collapsing floors, flooding, you know, uh, places where, where you think the electricity's off, but it's not. Which is one that's that's one of the ones that really terrifies me. That tell me about that. that like is, and, the, and the collapsing floors is very scary. We've all done that. That is scary as fuck because you don't know. And I've seen people I'm with go through floors and and and, and, I, and I have a friend who nearly passed away from that. So that's scary as hell. But the electricity, what that intrigues me. What is, what is, what is that about? Two different times. Um, once it was a house. Once it was um, and it, it was a. F- factory um but a kind of more modern factory like 60s era factory and both times when i went in right because i mean i mean i'll only speak for myself but i walk around i don't i don't mess with anything but you want to like touch things you want to open doors right obviously you need to get around especially if you're shooting photos right like i leave everything as it is but you're you want to touch stuff and 
you assume that these places don't have electricity, especially because a lot of the time you're walking through water, right? You are in an inch, two inches, sometimes more than that of water. And then I was in in the factory, especially, and then I started to hear a humming and I just sort oh, of ignored no. it. And then I realized that oh, the humming no. was the, the yes. building still had power. Oh, and oh. I mean, you're talking about, you know, you're talking about in the 220 lines, right? So yeah. you're walking in water with live electricity and who knows what people have pulled out, where metal is in the water. That's really scared me a few times. I just always assume there's no electricity in these but, places. But right? you get electrocuted in a second. But that's another one you can't fight. Like what you know, that's as instant and, and, and yeah. you have no and you can't do anything about it. And and that that sound, I know that sound he's talking about. It's like yes. The hum. Yeah. Yeah. Well I Mike, uh Nick, I hope that I, I gave you some 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 interesting anecdotes about uh, anecdotes absolutely about, about uh, exploring. I will get into heights, but I'm such a big chicken when it comes to heights. I can't even do heights. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but heights terrify me. I don't. I do bridges yeah, for a I don't really hang do off of crazy shit all the time. And, yeah, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it on cranes, and I've seen as my friends do it. I'm like in awe of them because I wish I was like that. I wish I was, uh, you know, capable of not fearing fearing heights but there's one thing when you're doing it at work and you're like there's safety protocols you know what to do there's another thing when you're just like free balling it out there and like you know like you said you fall off something nobody's around somebody might not find your fucking body for like a week if you're lucky you know but i definitely want to thank you for um getting mike d back into and inspiring him because he in turn did that to me and like re reignited this like fucking passion that i forgot like my entire childhood was based on this and like inadvertently i'd been even in my career i i'm in like weird places all the time like i and i love that and i go with other people like guys that are from work they're like what the fuck but then there's the other kids that like we all had the same experiences with her like this is so fucking cool if i was a kid i'd hang out here all the fucking time you know i i, I, so, uh, I, I think it keeps you young i really do i think yeah i think it's your you're exploring yourself you're exploring the environment. You're pushing yourself physically. You got to be in good yeah, shape. Yeah, you're challenging yourself uh, for you know, sure. Mentally, there's always a puzzle. How do I get in here? Uh, what What is the way into this particular place? I, it's just a beautiful. Then the art you can make from it, the camaraderie. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, time. So yeah, Mike, I'm so glad. And I hope we can all explore together. Oh, I definitely want to hang out with you. I you're like we, fucking awesome, dude. I think in the, in the immediate future, I know... The between the three of us, we all have a couple of places floating yeah. around that we want to visit. Yeah. So we'll make sure to get that done. But the one thing you didn't mention, and you should, Max, is you're an amazing photographer. So you should yeah. throw out where people, right? You want people should see your photos. I mean, you are an incredible photographer. I think people are going to be blown away when they see a lot of the pictures of the places you've been talking about. He only shoots a 1972 Polaroid. You got to see it. It's fucking amazing. Uh, the complete opposite. <laughs> uh, no, but I appreciate it. But um, I, I think that makes the exploration even more fun, Mike, because you have this beautiful image to come away with. Um, I think it makes it even more powerful. But yeah, check it out. Go to Instagram, uh, max.bond. Um, and, uh, yeah, See, right take, now. take, take a quick look at, uh, at what I do. Uh, I just need more Jersey spots, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah, All right. We're going to start working on that. Don't worry about it. You know, we, we have a lot of listeners, um, yeah. tip us off. If you've got yeah. places that, that, that we should check out and that, uh, you want to see great pictures of, um, 
You can uh, you can call the voicemail line for New Jersey's the world. You can email us at crew at New Jersey's the world.com. So yeah, or uh, we're on Instagram as well. New Jersey's the world. Uh, so you can just send us a message and that will get to uh Deuce, Max and myself very quickly. One of my favorite oh, yeah. places ever to shoot at. I went there like four times. It was a abandoned church in, uh, in uh, Trenton. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and I think the roof fell in. Um, but I have some of my favorite photos there on my feet as well. Uh, six, six spot, beautiful stained glass, beautiful building um, in, in Trenton. So yeah, Jersey has some good memories. And the boat, I um, hope we can uh, do it again. Yeah, now that the weather is cooling down, I think it's... Uh, yeah, yeah. I love it. It's time to go check out the boat when there's not so so many yeah, yeah, so many mosquitoes. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, Gross. pleasure, guys. It was an absolute pleasure. And uh, absolutely, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So if you got tips, call New Jersey's the world nine seven three seven eight zero four six six zero. And of course, we are also on Instagram as is Max at Max And then also at Bonaduce is there. And uh, I have an Instagram if you can find it as well with a little searching. <laughs> but thanks to everyone, and we will talk to you later in the week. Bye bye. Hey everybody, how's it going? This is a super producer and editor extraordinaire, Tom DeFalcano, Carson, the Colonel, cop, here to wrap up the episode for you. Great episode uh, this week. I really, really dig Mike D interviews. Bonaduce was there. It was excellent. Um, I had not known of Mr. Max Bond. Uh, for those uh, keeping notes at home, it is max.bon at Instagram. And um, I followed him as a result of uh, this episode. And boy, <laughs> some people uh, know their way around a camera. And um, as the son of a um, world-class uh, photographer, the general, shout out to the general, Mr. George Cop. Um, this dude's got an eye. Uh, holy crap. No real, uh, I, w- I was searching for a band name in this one, could not find, but slapped in the face by a man in France is an excellent album title. Or circa 2012 uh, Brooklyn hipster douche band name. Anyway, uh, here's the fun part. Uh, enough out of me. You can find us, New Jersey is the world, on Instagram at New Jersey is the world. You can find us on the greater internet at NewJerseyIsTheWorld.com or you can find us on Patreon.com where you can listen to uh, our free feed or you can sign up for our subscription-based uh, episodes where you get so much bang for so little buck. Pay, don't pay, do whatever, but uh, please pay. As, as the one thing that hopefully will never change in this beautiful experiment called America, you pay more, you get more. And you get more good stuff. God damn it. You can find uh, merch. Uh, we're selling, we're hucking merch. Speaking of, speaking of Americanese, uh, we're hucking merch for extra money over there at uh, belowthecollar.com after searching for Chris Gethard. And um, tell your friends, uh, you can find the podcast um, and I love that we're just, I love that the market is so flooded that we can just say, you can find our podcast wherever you find podcasts. Huh. Funny thought that. Um, but most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, we here at New Jersey is the world are 
cautiously, cautiously uh, encouraging you to bang the line of our Google voicemail account and leave a message detailing any reactions to any episode uh, you've heard or any uh, cool New Jersey crap that you think uh, we should uh, pay attention to. And the line that you should bang. (laughs) 973-780-4660. That's 973-780-4660. We'd love to hear from you. And we would love to feature your voicemail after our thorough vetting process uh, on an episode of the Garden State Gagoots, which is a show on our lovely little network where all the hosts from all the shows get together and we do um, reactions to your reaction voicemails, um, participatory, and a lot of fun. And uh, with that, it's a great note to uh, end on here. We love you very much here at New Jersey is the World. We're building a very su- super cool um, New Jersey community, and we've been doing it for a damn long time. And God damn it, I hope we do it for a goddamn longer time because... It's a lot of fun, and meeting, and uh, recording, and making for you people uh, is awesome. Thank you all so much for your attention. Thank you all so much for your patronage, and uh, we hope to see you soon. Uh, Check in with you uh, sometime later on this week. Make it a good one, people. Later. Woo!